Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast for Wednesday, June 24th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and on today's show, we have two very special guests. I'll be joined by my co-host, John DeShager, as we interview Saints legends Jari Evans and Roman Harper. Now, these two gentlemen were announced yesterday as inductees to the Saints Hall of Fame, along with Marco Garcia, the Spanish radio play-by-play for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he will receive the Flair de Lee Award um, when Jari and Roman are announced into the Saints Hall of Fame later this year. Jari Evans, if you don't know, it's a name you should know, especially if you are listening to this podcast, but he was a guard for the Saints in 2006 to 2016, and then through 11 seasons with the Saints, he was selected to the All-Pro team in five consecutive seasons. I don't know if you know how hard that is, but it is a very difficult task, so five consecutive seasons for Jari Evans. He was essential to the Saints winning a Super Bowl And another person who was essential to the Saints winning the Super Bowl was Roman Harper, a name that you should all know if you are a Saints fan, safety um, out of Alabama. He will not let you forget that he is out of Alabama. Roman spent 2006 through 2011 with the Saints. He had 775 tackles, which is a a record that has not been broken by any Saints defensive back to this day. He also had 18 sacks, which is another record that has not been broken by any Saints defensive back to this day. He had seven interceptions and 53 pass deflections. So we'll talk to those two gentlemen today on the Saints podcast. We talked to Jari before the introductory press conference. We did have some connection issues because we are in New Orleans. And so as soon as he started getting to the good stuff, um, there was a storm that hit New Orleans, and so there was a, a bit of a connection issue. So we had to cut the interview a little bit short. Um, but Roman Harper joined us following the induction ceremony. And you guys won't believe this. Roman had a baby just 24 hours before this ceremony. So he was literally in his car while his wife was still in the hospital um after she had the baby doing these interviews talking to media um so congratulations to roman on his son his name is soul uh he'll explain the meaning of that name in our interview but a great interview with both of those gentlemen and also we'll get into a little bit of roman's uh new role coming up and i'm going to add a wink to that a virtual wink because it has not been officially announced yet as his new role but we'll get into that a little bit as the show goes on. Let's go ahead and get into our interview with Jari Evans. All right, welcoming on now to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek, we have Saints legend Jari Evans. He will be announced later today as an inductee to the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. First of all, Jari, how are you doing? Doing well. Uh, Just uh, spending time here in Philly. Um, Nice day today, but hit the golf course a little bit later, but uh, doing well. I can imagine um, that this isn't how you expected to be announced as an inductee into the Saints Hall of Fame during all of this with COVID-19. Do you have any kind of like ill feelings about it or are you okay for right now? Uh, Not at all. Um, It's going to be plenty of time to, you know, I guess do what was originally planned. Um, So no, not, not at all. It's, um, it's a great, great feeling to be in the Saints Hall of Fame and, uh, you know, it's a tough time for everybody. So this is this is not bad for me at all. You know, all right. I'll take us back to the beginning. Yes. Fourth round draft pick from Bloomberg. What were you hoping to accomplish in the NFL? Um, you know, when I got drafted in 06, my goal was just, 
you know, first to make the team. And then when an opportunity came about for me to actually play and start, um, that's where my mind was set to be, to try to be the best player I could be, be the best guard in the NFL. And, uh, you know, I had some good coaches very early on in my career who taught me a lot of things that stuck with me throughout my career. And um, my goal is always just to, just to win and, and, be the, and be the best player I could be. Sorry, I'm going to backtrack even more because this morning I was listening to a podcast that you did, I want to say a year ago with uh, Mike Neighbors, and you said that in high school you shattered your patella before, yes. during your senior season, before mm -hmm. you even went to college. Going back to that mindset of you just got injured, you have no idea what your college plans are going to be, if you're even going to make it past college to college, and now being inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame, how does that feel? I mean, knowing where you came from. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, I didn't play organized football until ninth grade high school in JV. And, um, and uh, my, my 10th grade year, I had an opportunity to start. We, we just lost the pin charter. I'm not sure if Matt Ryan was on that team. I think he was, though. We just lost the pin charter, and coach was trying to shake it up. And, and um, he pulled the senior and put me in to start. And uh, I was a little tentative at that time. I didn't, I didn't take advantage of the situation. So I wind up not starting my sophomore year. Then my junior year, we were undefeated. We were four out of one out of four teams in the city that was undefeated. And we had a, um, a real good season. We just lost one game before a championship. And we had one loss on the season. So that summer, I broke my leg playing basketball at the YMCA um, on Broad Street. And uh, I had three pins and a screw in my leg, two surgeries, one to put the pins out, one to take one to put the pins in, and one to take the pins out. So I missed my whole senior season. Um, the guys wind up going to the championship, but we wind up losing. But um, I wound up getting a scholarship to play, you know, college ball. So then when I got to New Orleans and that same kind of scenario presented itself with Jermaine Mayberry getting hurt and me being put in, I kind of was able to reflect on my time back in high school to where I didn't take advantage of it. And, you know, I always told myself that I won't let, never let that happen again. And, and that's kind of the mindset that I just, you know, took the whole way. Okay, now, so you want to be the best NFL player you can possibly be. Does that, in your mind, translate? Or, or, or do you foresee being one of the best linemen in franchise history? Do you foresee being one of the best linemen in NFL history? Yeah, you know, I, I, um, you know, I always wanted to be the best at when I was playing, and, and especially my rookie year, I, I said it a lot, and I always wanted to have team success and win. You know, and I knew if I could be the best, then I could give my team exactly what I needed to give them to win. But um, you speak about history. Yes, I do think that I am one of the, the best right guards in the, in the history of the NFL um, just because of the system that we played in, you know, the things that I've been asked to do from the run game to the pass game to the pulling game to the screen game. Um, I think I excelled in all those, you know, areas of the game. So, um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it'd be fun <laughs> to see you know, how everything plays out. And, you know, sooner or later, I'm going I'm to get my film from, uh, from the Legends community. I was talking to Usama. So I'm going to get my film and I'm going to put some stuff out there so people can see if they think they forgot. So <laughs> we'll see how people receive it, you know. <laughs> JD's you know, favorite quote, Google me, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, now, uh, yeah. I got I to ask you this because I have to ask everybody this uh -huh. from, from the 06 class. That training camp, Millsaps. Yeah. What's your memories? I mean, I don't know anybody who has a great fond, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> what's your memories of that training camp? Oh, man. You know, when you go back and think about it, you just – 
you know it had to be bad when each year it just got a little better. You know, it's like, but that that 06 training camp for me, it was, you know, I was a young guy. Um, I was just putting my head down and, and just and just going with it. You know, they really tested every single person on that team from from the rookie to the vets. I mean, you had guys come in and was like, this is not for me. I'm out of here. So, you know, it was tough. It was, and just the condition of, you know, the home stadium, we didn't know when we were going back, you know, how everything was going on back then. So we were we were there for a longer period of time than any other team in the NFL. And then it was just hot. It was just hot. But the one thing that I think was great was, you know, us being able, for me, being able to play, to be in Mississippi. Um, I had some family and friends that, that lived in that area. And um, to play at Jackson State University, I thought that was amazing. Um, I never really spent that much time in Mississippi until then. But, you know, Mississippi is hot, man. I remember one time I lost 13 pounds in a day. Like, it was it was hot. You know, it was hot. So, it was – it kind of really built us, and that that's really where our foundation started that season. And, and we, we were a half away from going to the Super Bowl that year. And I think that our training camp was, was really a part of that, how we just came together, how we grinded. We knew that nobody in the league had it, <laughs> you know, more difficult than we did in training camp. And, you know, that's what took us that whole season till. NFC Championship game in Chicago. You know, I've had days where I've lost 13 too, but unfortunately I found, <laughs> I found 15 after I lost that 13. Yeah, you got to put it back in, you know, it's just all water. Scotty put that donut underneath your door. Like, oh, but how much, Yeah, I think you mentioned the brotherhood. Is that pretty much the same with, with that team? Even to this day, the brotherhood that was forged right there in Millsap in Jackson, Mississippi? Yeah, you, you know, when you go through stuff like that with guys and, and you see guys, uh, you know, drop out, you know, drop it and maybe leave the team and don't make it or, you know, like it becomes too much for them. You really understand, you know, what you had to go through with that, with those guys. And it carried on to the field. I say for us as old linemen, you know, it was a lot of firsts for a lot of people, right? You know, Jamal Brown was the first round draft pick, but Jeff Bain just got there. I think this was Nesbitt's first year starting. It was, I was a rookie. I think Stench, it was his first year, you know, starting also. So for us up front, you know, we just looked at each other like, man, we, we, we just, we just put our pieces together in this puzzle and, 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 and look what we did. So that was the mindset that we took. We, we were just, you know, we called ourselves the U-Haul crew. Jamal Brown kind of gave us that day, but uh, that year, but we just came together as, as a group, as a line and, and went out there and just grinded every day. And, um, and, you know, we had success on the ground and we were able to, to win a lot of games that year and get to the NFC championship. But it was, for me, it was, I was like, man, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in the Super Bowl every year, you know. <laughs> like I'm gonna have a chance to win it every year, and, but it showed you how hard it is because those next two years we didn't do as well. So, um, so yeah, but that that was kind of our mindset as a line. We were just like, you know, misfits to put it all together, and, and you know, we, we we came out and got the job done. Jari, I'm going to go ahead and let you go so that you can get ready for this introductory press conference, get your background set, get your mind right. Uh, but we really appreciate you joining us on the show today. Uh, nothing but smiles, and I hope you have a wonderful day. And hopefully you score, you shoot well in golf. I think that's the right terminology. Hopefully you shoot well in golf. All right, well, you thank have a good you. one, Jari. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you, John. See you later. Bye. All right, and now a man who needs no introduction. Let's go ahead and get into our interview with Saint Safety, Roman Harper. You know, the last 48 hours have been crazy. Um, words can hardly explain how I'm feeling emotionally. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty exhausted physically, but 
I'm just, you know, I'm full of joy and love and, and just so many people pouring back into me saying congratulations on everything that's been going on. Uh, my wife and I decided she didn't want to tell anybody. She was going to be one of those girls that like just popped up on Instagram with a baby. So I was like, all right, babe, you want to pull this off. This is what you're doing. So that's what she did. So we've done a pretty good job because nobody knew for real, unless you like saw us physically, that uh, she was pregnant. And uh, it's been an adventure. It's been a roller coaster, 12 hours of labor with the longest one. Uh, my son, Sol, his name is Sol Chankuwaste, which is uh, means good path in my wife's Native American tongue, which is Lakota. And uh, so she did a lot of research. This is what she wanted. And I was like, all right, cool. We have foreign city names for all of our children, which is London, Sydney, and Roman the second, which is like Rome. So it fits. And uh, now we have Seoul. So um, now all Olympic city names too. So that's another like cha-ching to me. And uh, so it's been cool, man. Um, I'm just so excited uh, for all the great players that have been in the Saints Hall of Fame. Uh, for me to be able to go into the greatest player in my draft class, and Jari Evans, who I'm hoping will be a Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, at some point in his life. Um, I, it, I couldn't be, I couldn't ask for more. I, I couldn't be more, you know, pleasure and just understanding that this is not just about me. This is an award for my mom, my dad, my brothers, you know, the ones that did all the traveling. You know, I just played the game, but for my family, everybody that put so much into my career, uh, this, this is just a really, you know, uh, the end goal for all of them to just kind of really put a cherry on top. Not only that, but now to have all my kids be there, to have this one picture and for them all to understand that, yes, dad did play football. My son does not understand that. Uh, only my oldest daughter actually really kind of saw me playing. So it's just kind of cool to all have this moment and be able to share it with all of them. It's going to be very special for me. Yeah. Roman, what's it like for you to be in the Saints Hall of Fame? Because, you know, when you drafted your second round pick, and obviously there are, are high expectations, and yet no one knows what a career path will hold. I remember seeing you as a rookie and all we're thinking is, man, that dude's got great hair. And then now here it is, <laughs> here in the Saints Hall of Fame, uh, one of the franchise greats who helped set uh, one of the foundations that, that this team really leans on even now. You know, man, it, it's – I just never would have thought I'd be here. Um, I've always been one of those guys. Like, I never thought about going to college and playing football until I was a senior in high school and I saw my picture in the newspaper. And then I said I was going to have a chance. And I never thought about playing NFL. I was just really enjoying college football at Alabama until I got into – they invited me to the Play Ball American. I met Mike Ornstein. He was like, yeah, uh, him and Gil Brandt. They are like, you know, 22 out of the 25 guys win the first three rounds last year. I was like – I'll go to the NFL. They're like, yeah, man, you'll probably play 10 years. And I was just floored because, you know, it's just it, it wasn't a lot of people that where I'm from that looked like me that had ever done that. And to, you know, that so how how do I know that I have that ability, you know, until somebody tells you that. And I think that's what kind of always just I've been who I am. I've just always just kind of lived in the moment, never really gotten ahead of myself and just kind of always just, you know, just kind of live my life and uh, don't think about too many other things. And good things just always happen to good people, like it seems like. And, you know, but I, I remember it too, man. You know, my rookie year, I showed up. Uh, the, the defensive backs in my room, Jay Bellamy and Jason Kraft, they were two old, wily vets, uh, which you don't see a lot of times in the NFL now. And uh, they were over here. They told me this joke. Like, they saw me. They were like, hey, who's that guy? That They're like, man, that's his second-round pick. And they were like, did he go on, like, a mission trip? Did he serve in the <laughs> Army first? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's something I've had my whole life. I got it in junior high and it just continues to come in. And it's just my look now. I don't, 
I could never, because I could never dye it black because everybody that knows me from back home would be like, oh man, you got brand new on us. Like now, why are you going with black hair? Like, so I, I always just had to keep my look, man. But now as I've aged in life, I'm actually kind of like growing into my look. Like I'm actually like looking about how I'm supposed to look. So I'm not the youngest guy with gray hair, even though my face still looks young. It's just, you know, it is what it is. It's life, man. It's life. It's distinguished, Roman. That's what it is. It's distinguished. <laughs> and, and you also came in, even as a rookie, young guy, always a voice of the locker room and an even keeled person. You know, where does that come from? Is that from your background? Yeah, man, definitely. Um, you know, my dad being a coach, my mom always been heavily, heavily involved in my life in sports and just, you know, also being the youngest of three boys uh, in the household and, you know, just really just having to just survive in a sense of like, you know, nothing came easy. All right. My, all my brothers were very tough on me. Uh, you know, it was nothing was just given to Roman. So I learned how to shut up. I learned how to do a lot more listening than talking because my opinion did not count. I, I did not get my way. Uh, except when it came to my mom, my mom gave me my way, but other than that, nobody else did. So I learned how to shut up. I really learned how to do a lot of observing. I learned how to look around, do not be a repeat offender. I think that was the biggest thing. And one of the biggest uh, lessons I've learned in the NFL is as long as you're not a repeat offender, coaches always look at you like, Hey, he's giving us something that we can work with that. He's not messing up on the same thing he messed up on yesterday or the week before. And just continue to learn and continue to evolve. Always stay in green, as Steve Wilkes would say, one of my former DB coaches, is just continue to be willing to learn and listen. And I think that is who I've always tried to be, and that's involved with coaches, players, always being can sit down with anybody in the locker room, why everybody's company, being able to talk to people. And I don't even think I ever noticed that about myself until uh, the year of Steve Spagnuolo, which is not the greatest year football-wise, but he was like, Roman, you know what? You're very unique. Like, you come I watch you. He's like, you just walk around this whole place. You literally talk to everybody. Like, but you sit down at different lunchroom tables with different people all the time, white, black. You just sit down with anybody, and you just have this weird conversation. You're just able to talk to everybody, and I, I think that's just who I am. That's who I'm meant to be. And I just continue to be a connector and bring in more and more people and enjoy the other people's lives. And like I said earlier, man, it's not about me. God knows how to work through different people in different ways. And I'm just still just trying to find my way to how to do it and to do it at the, the best way to serve him possibly. And speaking of communicating, you. we're going to transition here, but we're going to go back to football here. We're going to transition into, you know, possibly the new Roman Harbor who's, you know, I don't want to say rebranding, but we've seen you on TV in, in different, you know, different forms. We know you're very good at it. Um, maybe some, some something <laughs> Thank to pick you, up here. <laughs> yeah, very savvy. We know that um, maybe there's, there's something in the works here uh, for you in, in the near future. But, you know, how do you feel about that future going forward? And, and, you know, as far as TV, radio, or whatever medium you might be going into? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm truly, truly excited about it, man. Um, so when I retired, I literally, I said, I'm going to take, I was talking to my financial advisor. He wants me to do this. Hey, why don't you try and do that? And I said, you know what I'm going to do, dude? All right. Since I was eight years old, somebody's been telling me where I had to be every August. Okay. What I'm going to do is nothing. I sat down for 365 days. I literally counted to the day. I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. So I sat and I did nothing. I decompressed, I did what I wanted, I tried this, I did that. I took a class at Columbia Business School, which was awesome. All right, there's no way 
in high school coming and being on that campus, I would even come close to deserving to be around the monks, those type of people of that high of intelligence. All right. And uh, which I'm not downplaying myself. I'm a smart guy, but I'm not like Ivy League smart. So it was very cool to like really see and open up my mind to other entrepreneurial things and being around people that just think differently and seeing what other people are doing around this world and in this country. It's amazing. It just really opened me up to like, man, I can do so many other things outside of football. Football is going to be able to open the door for me, but that only gets me in the door. So how do I conduct myself and do what I need to do going forward? Not only that, but using the experiences of football, like everybody wishes they were a football player and have the experiences and seeing the things that I've seen. They wish they had that. And I'm the one that wishing that I had what they had which is these certain jobs and these opportunities and seeing the things that they've done. So just kind of bridging that gap, learning how to do that communication wise. It's been very uh, great. And, and so after I do that for a year or so, I'm like, what do I want to do? I want to work, but I don't want to just work to just say I'm working or have a job because, you know, I'm blessed enough and to be able to afford enough time to where I'm afforded time to where I don't have to do that. So um, I started doing some TV and radio and really just learning. I did a broadcast boot camp and learning, how to be the best Roman Harper, the analyst of Roman Harper, and not the football player Roman Harper, but who am I on TV? Who am I as a personality and as a radio personality? And just really just learn how to get reps. So I did that in New Orleans the last couple of years. I did it in Charlotte here at Fox 46 and covering the Panthers last year, which was great working with a great team here on a, a big station like Fox, which is a big news station here in Charlotte. And then also doing some uh, radio with 102.5, the fan here in Charlotte, some sports talk radio, which is crazy. The people that are addicted and listen to sports talk radio are a total different breed. I mean, they are <laughs> consistent. They listen all the time. They have very strong opinions. And a lot of times they don't know, a thing. I mean, they're just stuck in their ways and they just are who they are. So when you can come in and you can explain things and actually just and try not to talk over their head. But when, you know, I have to explain so many often, like this is not like Madden people. You don't get to just, you know, get a golf free agency, plug them in and think, oh, man, my team got better. It's not like that at all. It's a lot of thing, intricate details that go into a football team and building the right roster to help you win ball games, And just the little nuances to be able to communicate that to people and actually make them say, huh, I didn't think about that. I think that is what I'm really enjoy about talking and really speaking on people and even working with Fletcher Mackle there in New Orleans. And he has all these great ideas and being the biggest fan, he's been around football his whole life. And just, you know what, Fletch, like, I'm not going to yell at you like Coach Mora, but you're wrong. I was about to say, that's your main Madden guy right there. (laughs) I love love working with that guy, those guys, and just being around Coach Mora and just him feeding into me and just I'll be able to get energy off of him because he's just – he's older, but he has so much great energy and uh, ability and just – so he's been around football more than I've, you know, lived. And it's just amazing to be around these people. And uh, and I'm really just so excited about what this career is going to bring for me next. It's kind of weird to think about, Roman, but your kids might know you better as an analyst than as a football player, which is kind of crazy to think about. But um, when, when you tell them about who you were as a football player and when you show them pictures from the Hall of Fame induction and all these things, what kind of characteristics do you want them to know about who you were as a football player so that you don't have to pull out the VHS and show them film from when you were playing? That was a shot at your age. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say, you know, Caroline, <laughs> my only VHS I got is from high school. Okay. The rest of it is all DVD, which is still bad. All right. It's still bad, yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, though, it, it's kind of funny though, because 
my kids don't know me as that. And they never really have, you know, I'm just dad to them. But it's funny because they have Googled me upstairs on their little small computer because my oldest daughter had to do second grade online now, right? Because of COVID. And, uh, and they Googled me and they're like, dad, like, look how young you look. Or like, they've shown me some football stuff and they think it's the funniest thing in the world because they don't know that person. And, uh, it's just so funny to see it, but yes, um, I would like them to know that, um, I, I played hard. Uh, dad was once a baller. Just know that I was pretty fast too. And, uh, and I had a lot of fun. I was, you know, I, I never, but I never really took myself that seriously and that I want them to know that they can accomplish all the same things. And even more that the world is your oyster that you can, you put your mind to it. And as long as you got some belief in you and have the great background and belief system and you know, that we're going to be here for you to push you forward. And we're going to allow you to make mistakes. And uh, the fact that my oldest daughter wants to play football scares the dickens out of me, but it also excites me because she's tough. She wants to do, I mean, I don't ask her to do it at all. I don't, I try, I don't force football or sports on my kids. My oldest brother's like, man, when are you going to get them into doing it? I'm just like, you know, they'll do it on their own time and they're going to make their own path. And I, you know, and, and I look up and they just always wanting to play sports and football and some other things. So it's coming. It's kind of, you know, it's felt, you know, making its way, but I'm just so excited to be, uh, just to be their father and, uh, that I'm going to love them. Right. And, and encourage them to be the best type of people. And as long as they handle themselves accordingly off the field and off the sports realm, then everything else will take care of itself because you're going to have athleticism. You're going to be blessed with talent. You just got to do the right thing. You know, when you tell them you were fast and you were a baller and, you know, obviously the old nine season's got to come up. When, at what point did you know, Roman, that year that this was the team to do it? You know, I think when we came back against Miami, all right, that game when we were like losing bad and then all of a sudden we came back, that to me was like, okay. That and when we beat the Dickens out of New England Patriots. When I saw those two games, I was like, dude, we, we got a real chance here. And, uh, but then, you know, at the same time, you also try to fight doubt that kind of seeps in because, you know, no team had ever went to, went to the Super Bowl that lost three straight games. And you start hearing all these crazy stats that come out in these numbers. And, you, you know, you're just playing the game. You don't know exactly how it's going to work out. And all the talk and all these other things, you only control what you can control. And just uh, going forward, you're just like, man, Sorry, my friend called me. And you're just like, man, I, I, I just, you just play the game, just like you've always done since you were a little kid. And everything else kind of settle in. And you look up, man, you're a Super Bowl champion. I'm celebrating my family on the field. The confetti's coming down. And I had never won a championship before. So for me, that was like the ultimate. And I, I'll never forget Sean Payton's speech at the end of that year. You know, after we get back from Miami, we do a couple laps in the air. We're just having the greatest time ever. And we have that team meeting and Sean's like, I have nothing to say. Like, there's nothing to say. Everybody has that, that last end of the year meeting all the time. And for the first time, we did it, you know? And I'd never had that meeting before in my life. Roman, it's kind of crazy to think about, but I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember when we did an interview kind of at the beginning of COVID? That was like three weeks into COVID. And that seems like three years ago. Like that seems like the long, you were like, oh, the kids are great. We're going to have them doing activities. We're going to have them doing this. What's your stance on that now? Oh, it's terrible. Oh my gosh. I mean, they should pay teachers more because being a parent full-time sucks. It's awful. I mean, it's just tough because 
you know, all right, well, I want to teach my kids all day long. But, like, parents, we're not used to doing that. We're not used to entertaining your kids throughout the school year. Uh, so, you know, they do their work, and then you just, all right, well, my wife's like, all right, we're not going to let them watch TV today. And then me, I'm just like, just cut the TV off. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and it's back and forth. So now we cause a strike. So not only am I failing my kids, but I'm failing my wife. And now everybody else is going downhill, and it's just not a good experience. So it, it's tough, but it, it is what it is. And you're right, Caroline. I remember that. Like, you're right there. You're like, oh, I just got to my parents' house. Just going to hang out here. It's not going to be that bad. And then be able to go back. And you just never get to go home. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's been a different experience. And, but I think we all will learn from it. Uh, my parent, my kids, they did not love this. And, you know, but I told them that we didn't have to go through it either, that this is something that everybody's having to adjust to, that this is a first for everybody in this whole world right now. Most of us that are living have never seen anything like this. Listen, after 12 hours of labor, if I'm your wife, I'm saying you're failing me. Football has taken over too much. Get back over here and take care of me because I just birthed your child. She just, so. she just got in the car. She just got oh, in the okay. car. So they just rolled her down. She's they got just a mask on, baby. Who's that? <laughs> they just rolled her down. Make her sound like a bowling ball. <laughs> Well, congratulations to you and your wife. We'll let you go on. Congratulations on the new baby, Soul, and congratulations to your family. Thank you so much. Like I said, this is all about everybody else, not just about me. We're so excited to get down there, and I'm so excited to share this with everybody else. And I'm glad that my son, Soul, will be able to be in the picture so we can all say he was there. So it's cool. Thank you, guys. Who that? And I appreciate it. Oh, and roll tide for all those LSU haters out there, too. You just had to add that in, didn't you? Thanks. All right, we'll see you later, Roman. Have a good one. Bye, God. Congratulations again to Jari Evans and Roman Harper and Marco Garcia on their announcement. If you want to check out the full interviews and their full press conference, it is available on NewOrleansSaints.com. We have it all virtually done. Again, Roman Harper was in his car doing all of this. Jari Evans was sitting in his backyard. Um, So you don't want to miss those interviews available right now on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints app. For Caroline Gonzalez, John DeShazer, Jari Evans, and Roman Harper, thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll catch back up next week.